Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Content and Caffeine. I'm so glad you could join me. This week, I was joined on a podcast by my good friend and uh, somebody I've worked with in the past in a few different ways, Aaron Wolpoff. Aaron is the founder of Double Zebra, or Double Zebra if you're from the States, uh, which is a marketing agency. Uh, me and Aaron spoke about the power of community, how to build a community, uh, especially through sort of giving away stuff. So that could be giving away content, could be giving away tools, or uh, it could be giving away a platform, uh, a way for your community, your users, whoever they may be, to come together and contribute and, and sort of collaborate and all that kind of good stuff, right? So for a SaaS company that may come in the form of a forum or, you know, some sort of online place, even a marketplace where people can come together and create things and, and uh, discuss things. Um, so yeah, we basically spoke about that as sort of a key topic about things all branched off and we went on a few different tangents and it was a really interesting discussion. And I think anybody, if you are a SaaS company, especially if you're an open source uh, software company, this is interesting because we spoke, we spoke about the power of, of that community that you can have and how you can build that community and empower that community. So do give it a listen. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Wordify, the content marketing agency for SaaS and software companies. And um, yeah, enjoy the episode. Aaron, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks, Kaya. Thanks for having me. No problem, no problem. So coffee, the, the question I always ask everybody, what's your favorite coffee? And where in your locality is your favorite place to go and drink coffee? <laughs> coffee, um, I go for the traditional, just strong black cup of coffee. Um, mm. we've, we've kicked things up a little level around here. My, my dad has started um, uh, roasting his own coffee beans. So oh, nice. Um, I have local coffee nearby, which is great. That's very cool. Does he get it, does yeah. he get it from like a specific country or something like that? Or is it just like local stuff? He's doing deep dives already. He's going to single origin oh. and getting, getting fancy. Okay, very, very cool. I'd, li I'd like to get into that myself one day, but it just seems so time consuming. It's interesting. I mean, I, I speak to a lot of Americans, obviously, because most of our clients are based in the States. And it's interesting how most people I talk to, they just like a black coffee, just a strong black coffee, they say to me. And it, it surprises me because I always think, you know, there's going to be some sort of something creative going on there but so many people just say to me yeah just just a black coffee and i'm, and I'm happy with that and yeah, we don't well, really have that over here in, in the uk it's kind of like no one really has or not many people anyway have just straight black coffee with no with no added added stuff and it's surprising that it's that way i thought it would be the other way around but it's not <laughs> we, we live in a land of free refills so <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> go, as for well. the, go for the basic black yeah that's true that's true okay let's push on to what we're going to chat about today so why don't you give us a quick um intro to uh double zebra your company what you guys do who you serve how you serve them yeah so double zebra grew out of my previous agency experience so um i ran a boutique creative studio for a number of years um launched some startups and was part of a full funnel marketing agency. And then kind of took a step back, look at every, everything, and uh, started an agency around my own philosophies and the way that I wanted to engage and interact with clients. Mm -hmm. what, what is that philosophy, if you don't mind me asking? Um, really taking the lead and taking ownership on specific aspects of the client's business with some initial deep dives and initial you know, core understandings. Mm -hmm. um, but what I like to do is alleviate a lot of the responsibility off the client side because traditional agency models, you can get really bogged down with meetings, phone calls, pitches, resets. Um, it's yeah. really tedious to be a client. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to eliminate all that and really 
you know, be, be respectful of everyone's time and put everybody to, to their best use. Absolutely. So what kind of content do you help your clients create specifically, or is it all types of content? It's a, it's all types of content. There's a specific SEO focus to it, mm-hmm. um, but it can get very technical and very, um, you know, with, with partnerships like yours, it can get very technical and um, get very high, high level. And what I, what I really like doing where the light bulb goes on for me is when a, a potential client will say, you know, no one's ever re- really been able to capture what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, we've tried, whether it's internal or we work with, you know, a huge agency, um, no one's gotten the flavor of what we do. That's, that's where my, my go button goes and I say, all right, <laughs> let's, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I know you've got uh, one, one case study that, that piqued my interest as well. And that's a uh, true photography, true photography.com. I'll say it eventually true photography.com. And they are, if I'm not mistaken, it's basically a, um, a, a, a almost like a stock, a stock photography site for, for, you know, the wedding scene and the marriage scene. If I'm not mistaken. Right. Is that correct? Description of that line of yours. It's not stock photography. It's a, it's an actual photography. Yeah. That's, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, yeah, but what they've done is cleverly they've, they've kind of they've kind of turned it into a stock photography um, place because of the way that um, they sort of have open sourced their their content, right? So why don't you tell us tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, you kind of fall into it the way you would with a really well placed stock photography site, in that mm. you get drawn in instantly with you know pretty pictures. Um, but the the real driving force behind it is. Um, the technology side of it, which a lot of people don't realize because they're just, you know, looking at one nice photo after another. Um, and then also the way the content is set up and, um, right, right in front of, uh, an audience for, for use of how how they want. Um, that's, that's really the magic of it is it's, it's not a static, um, photographer portfolio where it typically, Mm -hmm. um, you'd go, you'd look at 10 to 12 images, you'd go then meet with the photographer and sit on the couch for two hours. Um, you yeah. can literally, you know, fill your head with imagination from mm-hmm. this one site um, based yeah. on the way the, the content's set up. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to, it's interesting because, you know, our clients and our audience on this podcast is nothing to do with photography. But I think what you've done here is super, super relevant because if you do, you know, people listening, if you do head over to truephotography.com, you'll see what I mean by, you'll see what Aaron means by the, the fact that they've just got their, their um portfolio on on the front page it's all very searchable and, and categorized and easy to, to to flip through and it's all there in a grid fashion and it's very easy to see the quality of the of the photography right and basically what i've done is just this is all you know ready for anybody to use if i'm not mistaken aaron someone could download this stuff and, and use it is that correct yeah anyone who wants to can take it download yeah. it create their own mood boards create um, there you go yeah yeah so uh, and a lot of, i mean a lot oh, go ahead no, yeah, what I was going to say is, um, before I forget my point, it's just the, the fact yeah. that that can happen, right? The fact that they've said, you get, these are our pictures. And usually a photography company would, you know, give you a small sample and they may, they may even slap the sample sign across it and say, you know, this, this is our, you know, proprietary content and nobody else can use it. What what Aaron's client, uh, Double, Double Zebra's client has done here is they said, no, all of our content is free to use and download and, and sort of make mood boards and whatever you need to do. Um, and it's all there and accessible. Now, the way I would um, link this back to our audience, you know, SaaS companies and software companies is, you know, when it comes to generating uh, demand, when it comes to generating brand awareness specifically, you've got to look at what you're offering free for free, right? Because obviously a lot of the clients that we deal with at Wordify, we do a lot with, yes, the blog posts are there, 
and also we've got gated content okay we've got gated content uh, which is maybe a white paper could be a case study could be an ebook a guide a checklist whatever it may be and that's behind not a paywall but a data wall so the uh, the end user has got to put their data in there exchange of data to get this guide or checklist or ebook right and that's well and good that does work very well but you've got to think about what else you bring to the, to the community not just necessarily to the people who you want to be leads but what you bring into your community and this is obviously for open source companies this, this is this comes naturally your, your open source software your software is there to download and and use but even for proprietary you know non-open source software you can you can offer things for free that are going to sort of engage people in your target audience. They may not be looking to buy something today, but you can bring something to the community the same way that true photography is done uh, and help people, you know, launch, launch a website or launch a landing page or, or launch an event page by using a plugin that you've uh, a plugin that you have uh, prepared or developed or a theme, free theme, uh, even free training to do with your soft, uh, to do with your your software or CMS or whatever it is that you are your CRM e-commerce software. You could produce free training courses that are just free for people to use or, or free video series people can watch on YouTube that are going to that's going to sort of engage and educate your target market and it's totally free and it's not necessarily they have to sign up with you or anything like that. It's just out there ready to use. It's for the community and that's what True Photography has done. And Aaron, what what has True Photography what they got what have they got from this from open sourcing their whole portfolio, how have they benefited? Yeah, I think a lot of SaaS companies and tech companies, because I, I work with you know a lot of companies in that space now, um, I think there's a lot of correlation um, mm -hmm. because when you go to those sites, especially with early stage companies, what you see is you know two to three links at best. Um, you don't see pricing and yeah. you might see a couple of case studies that are dated um, and then a demo link. So yeah. there's, you know, really there's no meat there. There's nothing to prompt people to say, I'm, I'm interested, I'm engaged, because there's, there's not a lot of explanation. Um, or, or competitive advantage or things that you really want people to start getting motivated about before they even you know, are enticed to give you an email address. So um, on the true photography example, it's a, it's a case of putting everything forward. Um, whereas other photographers might say, might have 12 images and they're right click disabled so you can't even save them to your desktop <laughs> yeah 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 um it's a way of saying take you know take everything you want um use it um get get value from it um not only that but we created uh at one point um a series of i think it was 12 or 13 different blogs um blogging platforms and invited mm -hmm. vendors within the community to you know within a, a templated system to create their own content and distribute it for for their own lead generation. So yeah. once you start doing things like that, um, where you're really reaching out to high value partners and saying be be a part of this um, and asking for nothing in return, um, that's when that's when the momentum starts. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you touched on it just there. Very very important. We just said, which is bring value, right? Just bring value to your audience. And I think that's the crux of what we're talking about here. You know, yes, there is a, a, a massive uh, space for you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours in a sense of, you know, give me data and I'll give you content. That is a massive part of the funnel and it shouldn't be ignored at all. But the companies, again, software companies, SaaS companies specifically, you also have to ask yourselves, okay, we've got the, the gated stuff. That's cool. We've got some blog content, which is free, but what else, you actually, what else do you bring to the community in terms of value, right? Like, like this photography website has done, they've, they've open sourced all their content to be used however and wherever uh, the, the, the community wants. What have you brought to the community that they can take for free. Uh, they never have to talk to you to get it. And it's just there. 
and it's going to benefit them. It's going to educate them. It's going to further their strategy uh, in whatever sort of way that it will, right? So what are you bringing to the table to do that? Is it a video series you've got on how to launch an e-commerce uh, website if you're an e-commerce uh, software company? Is it a video series or a training course on you know, how to manage your assets uh, more effectively, more efficiently? What is it that you can bring to the, to the community that isn't necessarily a you scratch my back, I scratch your back scenario? Because I think that kind of, that kind of um, exchange, that kind of engagement with, with, a, with a community, no matter what community and no matter what, what industry, is massively, massively profitable. I, I, I'd say that, I'd say profitable in the long run because at the end of the day, that's a massive part of branding. And you know, everyone knows the value of branding, right? Yeah, and it's, it's a matter of are you talking every four, four to six months between release versions and you know, sending out a transactional email saying, mm. Here, you know, here's bug fixes and updates. Um, or are you giving your developers a forum where each one has a, their own, own space where they can create content um, yeah. you know, within some structure and guideline and produce nice looking content where they have ownership and they have a voice. Um, cause that's powerful. You could have, you know, 20 to 200 developers sitting there waiting to, you know, share what they've been working on, um, yeah. without, without an outlet for it. Absolutely. So why, why not give it to them? That's content. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and talk about differentiating yourself from, from the competition as well. Right. I mean, what you just said is the typical situation where every three or four months, Hey, we've released version 9.2.4.907. Here's what's new. And that's it. And, you know, we'll, we'll hear from you again in three months' time, unless I check your blog. We'll hear from you in, in three months' time. And that's the bare minimum, really. And that's, that's, what, people, that's what people in the software industry were doing 10 years ago and 15 years ago. And you, you do, you know, especially as the, the market gets more saturated with all these, you know, you only have to look at the MarTech landscape to see that, you know, if you're building some sort of SaaS or some sort of software, you're going to have competition. So how do you differentiate yourself? How do you go the extra mile? I think this, this, um, you know, this notion of giving more stuff away, whether that's content, whether it's a course series, whether it's um, time, you know, you could, you could create free events for people to attend, right? If you're in a, if you're in a place like, um, you know, a, a, a tech centric area, you know, California or somewhere like that, one or, or even London where I am, one hold a, a free event where people can come and learn not just about your, your product or your service, but learn about your industry. Again, if you're an e-commerce software vendor, why not host a free event where people can come and, and learn and, and interact and network? That's the kind of thing that, you know, brings value to the community. And that's the kind of thing that's going to differentiate ourselves from the competition. Because again, this is a new idea. I mean, software companies host events all the time. They're very, very familiar with hosting an event, but is the event centralized around their product 110 percent it is why isn't right. it always sent, why isn't it centralized around the needs of the of the of the customer all the time right why is it right. that whenever whenever a software company hosts an event their software's name is in the title of the event right all right so why can't we have sure. something that's a bit different why can't we have something again along these lines of what true photography are doing where it's actually content for you guys and we're just bringing we're just bringing the content to you that's all we're doing and then eventually people are going to start seeing you as a resource, seeing you as the educator, seeing you as the authority. So the next time they need a, a software like yours, guess who's, top, guess who's top of mind, right? Right. Yeah. Where it's not even a sales pitch in disguise. It's yeah. really, it's an yeah. event you would want to attend. Absolutely. You know, if, you were, if you were on the other side of it, um, that brings real value, um, sparks a conversation with your intended audience. And then mm -hmm. if, it's, if it's genuine, then, you know, good things come from that. Absolutely. Uh, genuine, authentic. These are the kind of words that, um, again, I, I don't want to go too hard on, on my 
prospective clients, but the software industry hasn't quite grasped it, just not well enough yet anyway. They haven't grasped this whole concept of do things selflessly, do things that are not necessarily going to generate you leads today, right, or tomorrow even, okay? And this is, you know, this is a, an issue I see um, across the board, to be honest, and I, I understand why it happens. It's not because you're dealing with evil or greedy people, it's because everybody's got targets to hit, right? Everybody's got their quarterly targets where they need to sell or need to have X many meetings or X many opportunities in the pipeline. And I'm totally sympathetic to it. And that's obviously how companies run and survive. And although that's, well, yeah. Although, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, with a nine to 12 month sales cycle, sometimes you, you know, yeah. everyone wants to jump, jump the potential client to the demo. Jump to the demo. Um, yeah, of course. But, but if you're doing, if you take a different approach and you do things that we're all guilty of not doing it, not doing yeah. the event or not, not yeah. producing the, the high, high, high caliber content. But if you're doing things, your, your, um, your competition isn't, um, you're, you're standing apart. Um, Absolutely. you're, you're Absolutely. differentiating yourself and you're taking, taking risks that other people, other people won't do. Um, that's, yeah. you know, that's how you, that's how you stand out and you, you position yourself for the long, long term. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not even necessarily a case of do it, do, you know, do this instead of, you know, focusing on a sales cycle, focusing on uh, demand generation and focusing on getting people, you know, to have demos. No, nope. I'm not saying that they should replace that. That should always have a place, but, you sure. know, dedicate, dedicate 10 to 20% of, you know, of, of the budget that goes into that and put it into that, this kind of content where it's content marketing, but it's also a specific type of content marketing where, you know, actually it's just, content that is almost almost nothing to do with with our, our product it's just to do with our industry the problems that our um, audience is facing and we don't even mention our product we don't even try and get them to sign up for anything we don't even try to do anything you'll see our logo perhaps there may be a small uh, call to action at the end but that's that's not the focus the focus is just bringing value bringing content and some education maybe to the uh, to the audience and yeah like i said i just, I just think it's uh, it's not been done enough in in the software space and, um, yeah, and the, yeah. the funny thing is people will rise to the challenge and they'll say, well, who, who's the, who's the creator of this amazing content that I'm, yeah. I'm coming across? I keep seeing, you know, this is the third, third piece of content that really resonated with me. Who's, who's producing this? Like, I must, yeah. <laughs> I must exactly. know. It's so and true. Make, it's so true. Then they make the phone call. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 um, we've all heard the statistic, right? Um, seven, uh, was it seven, the customer or the, or, you know, even the B2B space. Uh, there needs to be seven touch points, right? Or seven uh, points of interaction between uh, the the buyer or the consumer and the brand. And then, then a, a sale can take place, generally speaking, on average, right? Seven touch points. So, seven uh, to 11, depending on- Seven to 11, to, okay. Yeah. okay. There you go. They've updated it. That's 20, 2019 statistic for you. Uh, but you know, even if you say seven, right? Or, or up to 11, even if you say seven, are you really going to give that person, because it, it, even in a B2B scenario, you're still talking to people, are you going to give that person seven types of brand of product focused product centric content you know is that really realistic is, it, is that is that really going to convert them that's only going to convert them if they've already done their uh, heavily done their research they've already seen you guys um and they're very familiar with you and that can work right you, 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 you probably and as long as your product is good you probably will convert and that does work for a lot of companies but what they're not doing is they're not going after those people who haven't heard of them probably will never hear of them because all they're really doing is just talk about themselves, 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 seven to 11 times. And then a small percentage of people are going to say, yeah, I've heard about these guys. We'll, we'll go for it. But the rest of the people are just going to say, well, 
you know, I don't really need this right now. So I don't, I won't even look at this content because I just don't need their product. So you're really, you're losing their attention. Whereas next year when they do need your product, had you have kept their attention with content that is actually helping them in their current situation, then again, like I said before, you're going to be top of mind when they do need you. So this kind of content is extremely important. You can't just keep talking about yourself, yourself, yourself all the time, your product, your product all the time, because people get bored of it, right? And I talk to people in um, the PPC uh, space, right? Advertising, Facebook advertising, Google advertising. And they tell me all the time the importance of, of switching up your creative, right? Or switching up your ad copy, switching up the, the, the images you use, because people get, um, there's a specific term for it, uh, basically where, where the person or the people who see your ad, they, they become blind to it because they've seen it so often. They've seen the same ad copy, the same images so often now. They just, like an ad, they're, ad they're, yeah, that's the one. Their mind blocks it out. They don't even see it anymore. And it's the same with, with content marketing. It's the same with, with blog posts. You write about the same thing all the time. Here's our product. Here's our product. Here's our product. Here's our product. People just block it out subconsciously. They block it out and, they, and you won't get through to them. You need to come with different stuff, stuff that's going to educate, stuff that's going to engage them. That's not necessarily all about your product. Is that, am right, I right? And then, or am I, talk, uh, or am I talking to myself? <laughs> no, 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 you're totally right. And uh, it's about, you know, chances are you don't, you don't have seven to 11 uh, unique value points of your product, value yeah. propositions that you want to put out there and have, I mean, companies do, they want everyone to know everything about, you know, mm -hmm. here's the seven to 11 things that are going to resonate most with you. Yeah. Um, chances are you have one to three that are really differentiating from exactly. what the competition can do. So exactly. it's about introducing those at the right time when they can, actually sink in and resonate and make somebody actionable exactly um, once they know you trust you and you know are ready to hear it yeah so. but that's the thing i mean again extremely great point you just mentioned i know you and i trust you that's those are two different things right why why do why do we trust brands if there are some specific brands we trust it's because they've given us stuff in, in the past they've actually given us not not necessarily like a freebie but they've given me some sort of education they've given me some sort of content where i've i found it useful and my brain subconsciously thinks, oh, this brand, they know what they're talking about. I've just learned something from this blog post. Or I've learned something from this video series they did. And so when you have that transaction, which is not, a, not always a measurable transaction, that's how you build trust. And that's how, as you mentioned earlier, people begin to call you. You, you, don't need to, you don't need to call them. They start calling you because you've built that trust over time. You've given them educational content and you've given things away for free. And you haven't asked for anything in return. And eventually, when the time is right, they'll, they'll return back to you. Yeah, and a lot of companies think, well, I, I do a free demo or a free walkthrough or a free analysis. Um, but if your competition is doing the same thing, it's yeah. not much of a difference there. So exactly. What, exactly. what can you do that's different? That's a given. Okay, we're going to do a free analysis because everybody does and we need to. Mm -hmm. um, now let's, let's start doing something fun and interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Um, any other interesting case studies that you guys have done where, you know, you've had sort of similar, similar success or similar uh model that you had with true true um uh truth top three yeah I, well i see this approach working quite a bit and then also creating really high value strategic partnerships um where you you know not necessarily reaching out to direct competitors but reaching out to people that are relevant in the same space that have maybe a different different player different angle and saying let's let's go in on this together um yeah on the content side and i found that to be really uh engaging when it's especially when it's a very notoriously complex or hard to reach audience um, mm -hmm. that, that is known for not engaging. Um, yeah. if, you, if you can align with other, other partners in the space that have their own, uh, their own approach and their own product or their own um, reason for being, 
and say, let's, let's create something unique to this, to this audience that they've never seen before and then yeah. give it away. Um, there, there's a lot that comes up, comes out of that. So, yeah, absolutely. I see, I see similar things where, um, a few of my clients are actually very good at this, to be fair, where they will, they will, um, partner with, um, an agency. So they're a CMS and they'll partner with an implementation agency and they'll make sure that agency, that partnership, sorry, goes beyond just, you know, working together in, uh, behind closed doors. They will sit down and have, you know, webinars together. They'll write blog posts and white papers together, all this kind of stuff. And that's what a partnership should be. It shouldn't just be a technical partnership, um, where, you know, they're using your software to, to implement it for their client. It should be broader than that. Again, they should, you should use that. You should leverage that to create this kind of content that me and Aaron are talking about, which is free, useful, educational, and, um, you know, trust building content. So yeah, I hundred percent agree with you, Aaron. Yeah. And you know, I've heard companies say we have this alliance with this group or this other company, but we just haven't figured out what to do with it or we haven't, we haven't taken the lead. And it mm. could be, it could even be a, you know, a governing board or a nonprofit that focuses on a certain aspect of, of what you, you know, what your SaaS product fulfills. Yeah. Um, where they're doing a consumer watchdog, you know, that's a great partner to have, mm -hmm. um, validate what you're saying and what you're putting out there. Yeah. So it's like, kind of like what you said, it's a matter of, um, uh, taking, seizing that, that opportunity and creating, um, some really high value, uh, proprietary partnership content and, yep. and giving, giving it away saying, here you go. Um, Absolutely. We, we joined together to create this for you. Yeah. And, um, you know, if, if, if there are SaaS and software companies out there listening to this and you are, you do have this partnership and you're struggling to figure out how to, to take it further than just a technical partnership, then I suggest content is the, is the way to go. Think of content and what Aaron just said, listen back to it very, very carefully and just take that first step to, to, to message them and just say, Hey, would you guys like to partner with us on a survey or on a blog post or on a white paper and get the ball rolling? Because once, once you do that first sort of piece of content, then suddenly you've got a partnership there that can sustain, you know, a few thousand words of content every month if, if done correctly. And that's invaluable. And that's the kind of part. And it's the kind of thing that can only come from a partnership like that. Right. When you have two, when you have two companies talking to each other and communicating to each other, leveraging both of, uh, both companies' data, both companies' um, email list to create surveys and, and, and that kind of thing, then um, how else can you do that other than, other than partnerships? So, yeah, absolutely. Think of, think of content and, 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 and uh, approach your partners and, and talk about content. And always think of it like a living, breathing thing. So once you have a blog post, you know, turn it into a blog series. Mm. Um, once you have a podcast, commit to five episodes of the podcast. Um, yeah. Because it's... Uh, you, you know, you're not going to hit everything on the first one, but Absolutely. Uh, you know, all the points, but, but really, you know, really commit to it and, um, like do it right. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. not a rush, not a rush job. It's, uh, sit down think, think really, really intensely about the audience and who you're going after and the challenges they're facing Yeah, and, and produce things, things that they wouldn't, they just wouldn't find on their own or wouldn't get anywhere else and be, mm -hmm. you know, be really transparent, um, from your vantage point about, understanding what they're going through and, and providing answers absolutely and i think you touched on another great point there which is you're not going to get it you may not get it on the first time you know whatever it is for you whether it's conversions or increased brand uh, awareness or increased traffic to your blog or your website it's not going to come on the first swing it's not going to come in the first month it probably won't come in the first quarter content and seo and everything that's intertwined intertwined with it is a long-term game right and even when we're talking about giving things away for free 
don't expect, you know, because it's free and, and easy to, to get that everyone's going to jump on it and download it within 24 hours. Content is a long-term game. As you mentioned earlier, Aaron and I, building trust takes time, right? Even offline, building trust of anybody takes time. You've got, to, you've got to produce this kind of content and all the other types of content that we talk about on this podcast consistently for a long period of time. And then you'll start seeing people reaching out to you and saying, hey, we saw this blog post you wrote the other day. We really enjoyed it. Can we schedule a call? We'd like to learn more about you. This stuff, this stuff happens, right? This, this stuff really, really happens. I see it happen with my clients often. And it's only because they've been constantly, consistently producing content for a long period of time to the point where people are starting to trust them and reach out to them. And they feel like that connection is already there before that demo has even begun, before that demo that you try to get people to sign up to on your homepage, before that's even started, people come to you saying, hey, we like you guys. We've been reading your blog for six months. We've been watching your YouTube channel for, for three months. Can we do this and that? So imagine going into that kind of demo situation or that sort of more salesy situation when the prospect, you know, prospective lead already likes you, already knows you, already has listened to everything you've got to say for the last six months. It's a very, it's an excellent position to be in. I'm sure you'd agree, Aaron. Yeah, and it's about, it's about targeting people where, uh, where, where they consume content too. So yeah. it's, that, it's that everywhere at once um, phenomenon where you, know, you do a blog post and then you have a YouTube and then you have your, um, you know, your live event. And then all of a sudden people say, I've, I've seen you in way too many places. How do I not know about you? <laughs> yeah. Um, you're kind of like that local band that, you know, has been trying for years and, uh, putting a couple of years into it. And then all of a sudden you get famous overnight. <laughs> yeah. Um, the content is, it's a long-term play, um, uh, but it works. It just, it, it, you know, with the commitment to it, uh, it's, it's, it's a magical thing. Yep. So true. So true. Um, Aaron, are you ready for our quick fire round? Yeah, let's hit it. Absolutely. First question is, what's your favorite, favorite social network right now and why? Um, I think Instagram is, is continually interesting and um, it's, uh, it's such a visual, visual medium. Um, it, it's, you know, let's companies hop on at any given point, give a snapshot of that moment in time and um, have, that, have a fluid exchange and conversation um, that I think people have just taken to you more, more, uh, on a deeper level than other, other networks. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm really interested to see where it goes in the next two to two to four years. Yeah. You and me both. Okay. Second question is whose content do you consume the most right now? So that could be an author, podcaster, Instagrammer, whoever it may be. Um, I tend to just jump on whatever I need at the moment in terms of, okay. of content. Um, I, I uh, I can't say that I really follow all that many people. I mean, um, I know you said offline that you, you, you listen to content and caffeine 24 seven, but we'll put that. To I do. Time. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> I've got kidding, my earbuds kidding. on all the time. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. I mean, I, I'm pretty much the same actually where, you know, I used to, I used to listen to like Gary Vaynerchuk all the time. And then I, I moved on to somebody else all the time, but now it's kind of a mix. I don't really listen to anybody else, anybody, you know, all in and now it's just a massive mix and I'm moving person to person and, and thought leader to thought leader. So yeah, I'm, I guess I'm pretty much the same right now. Yeah. I think if you, you know, put, put too much stock in any one person, then they, you know, yeah. they change their approach and then you're like, well, I've spent five years <laughs> working off your philosophy. So yeah. what do I do now? It's true. It's so true. It's, a, it's about being, being very well-rounded and, uh, you know, keeping, keeping tabs on not only what's going on, but what's, what the future landscape of marketing looks like and, um, mm -hmm. and 
having a variety of interests beyond, yeah, beyond I agree just, with you. You know, one area. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay. Final question is what is your one tip for content marketers today? Um, I think I hit it pretty hard about, about <laughs> giving, giving stuff away, but uh, my one tip is start because a lot of people, uh, on the marketing side will, will say, well, that's a good idea, but we, you know, we have, uh, we, we have to make our, our presentation deck, um, yeah. which, which is all good, valid stuff. Um, but start, it's, it's amazing what, you know, once you put something down on a, on a slide or on a paper or, um, on a blog, you know, do a blog post draft. It just, it just, and, you know, obviously bring on resources like Kaya and myself to, to, um, amplify what your efforts are able to accomplish. Um, mm -hmm. it's amazing the momentum that grows out of that. And then even from other, other aspects that you didn't even see coming, um, you know, you may get that call that you've been waiting for, for years. It's like, Kaya, like you said, I saw your blog post. Um, yeah holding off doesn't do that <laughs> holding off uh keeps you where you're at starting um somewhere and building off of it is is a really powerful thing yeah i mean that is the best advice um i always hope that people say that it's, it's been said a couple of times and i wish it was everybody's answer to be honest start is the best that is the best uh tip that anybody can give any content marketer is just to start doing stuff even if it's not that well polished even if it's not fantastic even if it's not up to standard of your competitor, right? Just start, it will get better. Start a process, stay consistent with it. It will improve. And if you do stay consistent, then I would argue that consistent content is probably better than fantastic content once every month or once every three months. So yeah, starting is probably my tip as well for any content marketer out there. Thanks a lot, Aaron. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show. As, um, it's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on very, very soon. But in the meantime, how can our listeners find you online? Uh, go to doublezebra.com. If you're in England, it's doublezebra.com. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go, doublezebra.com. Or if you're in the States, doublezebra.com. Aaron, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks, Kyle. Guys, thank you for listening to Content and Caffeine. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to share it with your friends and your colleagues. And please remember to rate and review us on iTunes or whichever app you're listening to us on. If you're looking for show notes, head over to wordify.co forward slash podcast. And I'll see you again next week.